Welcome to the Gamerhood Podcast. My name is Michael Walker, and today we are talking with Kaprogman, who is a father of three from Leeds, England. He is a host and a producer of five podcasts and runs his own company that does custom software development and podcast editing and consultation. I will put these details in the show notes. He is a patient gamer that normally plays games well after they are released to get them at a discounted price, but he also has a general rule of thumb that he has to play all games in sequential order. We talk about the old school gaming experience of gaming with no spoilers and having to talk to kids at school on how to beat games or buy the strategy guides versus the YouTube guides of the current generation. We talk about if getting that experience is ever possible again. Even with buying game drops, content creators will have videos and spoilers up well before the public could ever have that same blind experience. The episode ends at the one hour, eight minute mark, following which Kaprogman gives some great advice on how to start a podcast for about 15 minutes, following which we have multiple tangents. Listeners, please let me know if you like these tangents or if I should have ended the episode after the typical episode of the one hour, eight minute mark, or maybe even after the podcast device at the one hour, 23 minute mark. Thanks in advance for your feedback. I hope you enjoy the episode. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so I am uh, Jamie Taylor. Uh, you can find me online sometimes as Gaprogman, and we could totally go into that later if you like, um, because that's a it's a name that uh, a lot of people sort of they they read it and they're like, "What you Atlanta, Georgia? Are you into prog rock music? What's that all about?" Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so I'm a uh, I'm a computer programmer slash software developer whatever you want to call the kind of people who do that work in technology. And uh, I've been doing that for ages. Um, I, I reached out to, to you. Uh, I'm going to say, Mike, uh, are, you, are you okay with me saying your name? Of course. Sure? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, uh, I reached out to you, Mike, um, because you were after some, some wonderful new guests. And I said, Hey, I'm, I may not be wonderful, but you know, I'm, I'm a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a person, a father, a gamer. And uh you know, I think we'll get a bit into it later, but you run, you know, about four or so of your own episode uh, podcast as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's this thing called free time, right? <laughs> exactly. And if, yeah, then when you choose to spend your free time with podcasting, even though it becomes a hobby or an enjoyment, you know, I'm sure there's days where you're like, Ugh, I don't want to have to edit this. I just want to play some video games or, you know. <laughs> so uh, my pro tip there would be hire an editor. That's what I would say. <laughs> That's what I've done. <laughs> there you go if i maybe if i ever get to um you know that success level or whatever i'll, I'll go there right now i kind of started with the first couple episodes and a bit going on a bit of a tangent you know i was very much like okay i'm gonna edit every little thing um and try to get out the ums and the likes and you know but then it would be like okay this one hour episode takes three hours to edit um and then eventually I got to a point where I'm like, I'm not enjoying editing. And, you know, there's only like 50 or so people that listen to each episode. So I'm just going to put it up as is raw. And then if yeah, the right. audience grows enough and there is enough, like, you know, like you said, backlash or wishes for it to be more polished, then, uh, yeah, I will go down that route of either putting the time back in myself or, like you said, hiring a editor. Um, sure. And so what's, what's your viewership? Like, like, where did you find, like, that breakpoint was for, um, you know, finding it worth to hire an editor like i so, guess are you uh, making like like is it strictly a hobby or are you is there some kind of monetization to your podcast as oh well where it's it's entirely a, it, it, well okay so it's it's kind of a hobby and it's partially also uh giving back to the community so um two of the shows that i'm involved with uh, are 
to do with software development in some way, shape, or form, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the shows. Is and feel free like to self-plug. A, put the name in. You know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. If you're interested in listening to them, thank you very much, Michael. Uh, if you if you're interested in listening to them, there's tabs and spaces, which is like a a we 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 say that it's like a pub style conversation, right? It's just the three hosts, uh, Zach, James, and myself, sitting around with featuring guest artists. Uh, and we came up with that term because we didn't really like, we, we weren't really a fan of episode guests. So we're like featuring artists. That sounds like we're making an album or something, right? And uh, we sit around, uh, sometimes we have a few beers, sometimes we don't. And we just discuss something to do with um, either technology or uh, career advancement or things like uh you know, uh, how should you turn up to a, a job interview or uh, should you scope the place out beforehand? Or um, what? <laughs> unfortunately, we fell into the trap of making a what is imposter syndrome episode, which almost every tech podcast has ever done. Um, but then we're also like we're discussing, well, should you learn this programming language? Should you learn that programming language and things like that? Right. So uh, that's that's a, a sort of giving back to the community one because we're 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 sharing our knowledge and experience, but we're also asking folks in the community, hey, why don't you come on the show and tell us about your knowledge and experience? Um, and the other the other development relating one uh, is uh, called the .NET Core podcast, and this is all about um, there's a, a technology that Microsoft have created called .NET which allows you to build applications for uh, Windows, uh, Linux-based machines, Mac OS, uh, fridges, TVs, smartwatches. If it's got a CPU in it, it probably runs on it. Um, and the whole point of that one is to, uh, I ask people who are in the uh, community, the .NET community, using some kind of technology, building something cool, building something interesting, to come on the show and just talk about what it is that is cool or interesting to them um, about what they're building, right? So we've had people from Microsoft, we've had people uh, from, you know, uh, some of the really big software companies out there and just coming on and just saying, look, I'm not representing the company, but here's my personal opinion of why I think this .NET thing is pretty cool. Um, and it's it's the idea is that we're, we're allowing people to, to learn in their own time because like one of the things that I do, right? I'm a huge podcast listener, right? I've got like 150 to 200 podcasts that I've subscribed to. And whenever I'm traveling around, if I'm going for a walk, if I'm going for a run, um, you know, if I'm traveling somewhere by myself, the headphones go on and a podcast happens, right? And I figure in the before times, a lot of us had a lot of sort of commute time where we're staring at our phones. Maybe we're on the train, maybe we're on a, you know, a work shuttle or something. We're staring at our phones, not really doing anything. We're just sort of rotting away almost. And sorry for the really bad, uh, the, the horrible description there, but you know, we're not really doing anything. You know, the TV has almost become the, the new boob tube. And so I'm thinking, Hey, why don't I produce some information that will help someone to learn some new thing on the way to work? And so all of those episodes are just, right, here's a one hour quick guide to what this technology or this thing is. Just so that then at the end of it, the idea is, you know, enough to Google to get the, you to the next step, right? Yeah, that's great. And I think that's obviously where the boom for audiobooks came out over the, you know, the last couple of years is because it's, uh, you know, rather than just listening to music, 
why don't I, you know, read, learn something or hear a cool story on the way to work? Totally. And, and, and yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. And your other podcast, I think you have two more. One's just uh, is called Ask a Brit, uh, which I can only imagine what that's about. And the other one is about uh, gaming, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ask a Brit is uh, my friend Jay Miller, who lives over in San Diego. And I just sort of sit together every now and again and just talk about the differences between America and uh, the UK. And so like pop culture, maybe to do with uh, legal stuff, uh, maybe to do just with food. Uh, we had a whole episode where we talked, I think it was called, Do You Want Fries With That? Where we talked about the different kinds of foods that you would find in a bar in the before times mm-hmm. in the States and in the UK. Uh, you know, just like bar snacks, like, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. You used to and when you keep saying before times, you mean like, 2019 and earlier kind of thing like before the more recent sure. yeah, yeah okay before everything <laughs> went wobbly and we were all sent to our rooms yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, what i'm doing is I'm, I'm i'm attempting to avoid saying the actual situation yep. because i know that uh certain platforms delist people if they say certain keywords to do oh, really? the, the, the situation so yeah wow. so sort of dancing around the subject so i apologize for anyone who didn't quite get what i meant by the nope. before times but yeah, we get it pre-20 i'm sorry oh excuse me so yeah uh sort of like pre-2019 you know you go into a bar you might find a a tray of of uh peanuts that you can have with you with your drink or whatever well we never had that in the uk we had other things and so it's like well what differences are there yeah and and that's also interesting because even more recent times with allergies and stuff i don't even think anywhere in north america would even think to offer put peanuts like the olden days like you would you would like make a movie theater you'd like go to the bar and you'd be crunching on peanut shells all throughout the bar right but nowadays it's like oh i'm not taking that liability not a chance we're doing that Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. So. We even had um, an episode where Jay had read some news article about uh, a city over here where they'd banned certain words within the city walls. And we were like, well, how does that work? Let's talk about how that might work if they were to do that uh, where he where he lives. Yeah. And so there was a whole discussion about what that is and how that works. Um, and uh, the final show that I work on is, uh, it has a really stupid long name, but I call it the Waffling Taylors podcast, because otherwise it's ah, a video game podcast by the Waffling Taylors, which is a stupid name, but you know, it's kind of silly and I like kind of silly things. Um, and that is just uh, quite simply my brother and I sitting down with some of our uh, friends and some of our industry friends talking about, you know, the video games we've been playing, or uh, we have segments like, uh, we call it the Thunderplane games, which we, we, we essentially say, hey, we're going to take you off to the Thunderplanes from Final Fantasy IX. We're going to yeet you through a portal in the nicest possible way. And we'll give you all of the consoles and PCs and internet connections that you would uh, require to be able to play, you know, top three games, you know, three games of your choice what games are they and why right it, and for uk listeners it sounds a lot like desert island discs but for legal reasons it's completely different <laughs> yeah for sure wow that's that's neat so you are based in whereabouts in the uk so i'm based in a, in a city called leeds in the uk okay if you imagine the map of the uk in your head and you may not have ever spotted it, and you may not even see one. Uh, you know, it, don't do this if you're driving, but pull up Google Images, type in "map of the UK," and uh, there's a there's almost only here. on the east side. There's almost like a beak type shape. Um, if you take the distance between the beak on the east 
and the 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 edge on the west and find roughly the center point that's where Leeds roughly is yeah so i'm now looking you know right where now. my house is <laughs> well there you go i did not i did not go there while i was in uk to be fair it's it's not a a, a tourist spot so you know it's it's pretty big for the industry i'm in but it's not really you wouldn't go there if you you know like if you go to the uk you're going to be like oh i'll go to london because everybody knows london yeah i might see some of the sites where some of the castles are i might travel up to scotland maybe over to ireland you wouldn't go you know what i really i desperately want to go to that leeds place because yeah. it sounds awesome <laughs> that's funny. yeah when i did some i went to uh oxford for some school stuff uh and then from there um, we did some traveling so obviously we have london and we went to like bath and uh, a few other places around the area yeah that's cool yeah so mostly the south of england then that's cool. yeah 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 but I do want to make it back out there to see, see the rest, and like you said, also to see you know Ireland and uh, and uh, Scotland and all the the areas around there as well. So you are um, a father of three. Yeah. So uh, really, I'm a father of one, but I have two stepkids as well. Uh, okay. So you're taking on the extra responsibility of someone who's biologically not yours. Um, it's. That- it doesn't really change it per se. I mean, I, I got obviously it's all the history and how long, you know, you were a stepdad versus biological. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of cases where the stepdad is significantly better than the biological dad for reasons. So I would like to hope that I'm one of those cases. Yeah. All right. So what, how old are they? So we're talking 13, 11, and nine. So, uh, but the the youngest I've known him for like a half three quarters of his life oh, okay <laughs> so, and the 13 yeah. is yours or the middle is yours uh no the the the, the middle little one is mine um middle little yeah 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 the, there you uh, go. the, the middle child is mine. and there's our boys girls yeah so it's two girls and one boy which okay. is uh interesting because obviously around the age of 13 things start changing <laughs> <laughs> yeah for and, sure um, you know all the stories you've ever read about pre-teen and teen young girls are pretty much true. I can tell you that. <laughs> I I can I can only imagine, and I'm looking forward to to that. Uh, my daughter's only two, so still a ways away from that. But um, yeah, I think my daughter was the first girl in my family in like 58 years or something like that. Oh, so wow. they were all like very ecstatic. Uh, my mom was like, oh, I'm so happy. I can finally don't have to buy like monster trucks and blue clothes and all that stuff. Not that, you know, obviously... <laughs> It's 2021. You don't have to do that, but you know, their generation, their generation is a bit more old school, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so going back to the uh, your gaming, the origin of your gaming name. So the the Prog Man. I'm assuming that's Prog is short form for Programming Man. And what does the G stand yeah, for? Yeah. So uh, so the full thing spelt out is G A P R O G M A N, and. Uh, you know, I, I went to university and did computer programming, right? Mm-hmm. And so that immediately tells you that I'm quite the nerd. Um, and I'm hanging around with all of my other nerd friends. And as you do when, you, when you're a weirdo Brit studying computer science, you start talking about, well, if you were a superhero, based on what you are studying now, if you were a superhero what would you what would your name be right mm. and so i thought about it and i'm like well i'm doing computer programming and i'm studying games programming 
So oh, okay. Games programmer man, right? Yeah. So that's where that came from. Um, yeah, okay, so the GAs are games. Whole... So have you actually yeah. programmed any of your own games then that people would know? Oh, yeah, or yeah. Oh no. I, well, I've 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 made a few and released them for free, but they're all sort of web-based games, and I'm oh, not okay. I'm not sort of saying web-based games are bad in any way. It's mm-hmm. just you know they they they're not available on any stores or anything. Yeah, they're yeah. all just sort of silly ideas like. Uh, uh, I went through a period of time where I was like, do you know what? I'm looking around at all of these games and it's all shoot the bad guy, steal the the loot and and destroy the planet. And I'm like, that's really aggressive. Can we can we not have a game where you're the opposite of that, where quite literally you just have to run away? And so one of the <laughs> games that I made, you just have to run away. There's this creature yeah. that's, that's chasing you around. It's like a top-down um, 8-bit style view. And it's really basic. It's just like a black background, and there's two t- uh, two two D sprites, and you just got to run away. And the longer mm. that you run away, f- but but I, I added some some stuff where like uh, the longer that you are running, the more fatigued you get, right? Mm, like, yeah. Um, but also the monster really wants to eat you, so it becomes he gets faster um, or whatever. Yeah, he gets faster, you get slower, and um, and then what you have to do is you have to stop every now and again to catch your breath, and then you got to take off again, but because it's a completely flat 2d plane the monster uh, follows you exactly like doesn't follow the path you took runs directly at you so it's a, it becomes a, a game of uh, where can i stop for a second to catch my breath so that i can carry on without having to worry about the monster grabbing me you know yeah that's neat so that's not uh you can't like juke or anything like that obviously because it's a you know ai so it knows it's not yeah, like, I don't yeah, know if you sure. ever played, I think it was called Dead by Daylight, um, that game, but um, same idea, but you, there's an ability because this is another player to juke them or, you know, throw down obstacles and get away. And the whole running game made me think of uh, Mirror's Edge, which I don't know if you ever played that, but, but that, that's, that's, I haven't played the more recent ones, but I played the original and that was entertaining for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, I, remember, I was just going to say, I remember playing uh, Mirror's Edge and a friend watching me and um got motion sick <laughs> which is a real thing you know I, I was like oh right i better turn this game off then yeah and the game to play, but... I, I never had that issue but um any game that has motion blur and i think more recent games realize this so they have an option but any game that has like head camera head shake and motion blur i actually will get nauseous and headache after like an hour max of playing it um mm-hmm. Like Tomb Raider, I kept being like, oh, this is such a great game. We'd have to quit after an hour. And then I realized that it was that. That's so I changed the settings off and it was fine. But, um, and it might be like an older thing too. Um, like as I like get older, maybe it was I didn't get that as a kid, but I, I get the feeling that it's more because, you know, you're, you're sitting down and your body is, or rather your brain is perceiving all of this motion happening around you. Things yeah. that should be moving, but you're actually staying really still. And so, I mean, I'm I'm no medical expert, I'm no neurological expert, but that's how I would see it, right? That's for sure, it. Yeah, but I just I just also thought, like, to again going on a tangent here, but like, um, when me and my wife, it's probably almost ten years ago now, but we went to like a theme park when we were like in our even late twenties, and we took like her stepsisters, which were like teenagers, and I was like, oh, we haven't been in five, ten years. I'm so excited to go, blah, and then like like two rides in i was just like i've got a headache i feel nauseous like i i, I know why now i haven't come in you know five years but i was like but i feel like i was like last time i was here i remember being so much fun but now i guess now that i'm old and your body's like a little more run down you but 
Maybe that's just generalizing. Oh, I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, I can't remember the last time I went to a uh, a theme park. Maybe go. I should find one near me. Well, yeah, especially it. with your kids' ages, they probably experience. love it. Yeah, yeah, and just let that. Oh my goodness, I tell you, that was a uh, so mini tangent, right? Back in my hometown, so I don't live in my hometown, right? Back in my hometown, they have a a a, a, a big fun fair every mm-hmm. year. In around the October November time, so it's okay. yeah, it's more November because it's after um, Halloween, and they have this ride where you're sitting on it, and, and you're like, oh, it's just a swing, right? Just like a, a standard swing you'd find at a playground that someone would push you back and forwards in, but actually it isn't because the whole thing it's attached to starts swinging. Right, you're not attached. You're not like um, buckled into anything. The whole assembly starts rotating so you start swinging around like centri- centripetally around the whole thing okay and then it goes right you're going at maybe four miles an hour round and round in circles now we'll go 70 feet into the air and i'm like oh my god he's gonna die he's gonna die he's gonna slip he's gonna wave out he's gonna fall <laughs> to his death <laughs> yeah no, i know the right experience is they're not strapped in i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god, oh my god. it was the, the worst three minutes of my life <laughs> <laughs> but he had fun <laughs> all that matters is you know absolutely so- absolutely Guess staying on the gaming side there. Then, uh, do you recall how you got into gaming as a young lad? Oh man, I tell you, my 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 when I think back to my first video gaming memory, right? It's a huge thing. Um, it's something I've written about before. So if you'd like, I can supply a link for the show notes. But it, that'd be great. Know, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I can send that over after we've recorded. Um, it's Boxing Day, nineteen ninety. So this may show a little bit of my age. And, you know, we, we weren't in a well-off family. Um, so, and, and obviously Boxing Day is the day after Christmas Day, right? So it's December 26th. And we're sitting around and, you know, we're in, my brother and I, who's a little younger than me, we're enjoying our Christmas presents that we've been given. You know, I'm about, what well, I'm about six or seven. And then suddenly my dad walks in and goes, oh, um, ignore this plastic bag right that i'm taking the the carrier bag that i'm taking this box out of ignore that because i've totally not just left the house to go get this uh but boys <laughs> santa left this extra present for you but he said we had to wait until today totally not because i went to the store today to pick it up so he's like this <laughs> extra present for you so come and check this out so we're looking at this great big gray box and it has the nintendo logo in it i didn't know what nintendo was at that time uh-huh. and it has these three letters NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. And so we spend the, the next 20 minutes or so just taking everything out of the box, essentially doing a YouTube unboxing, but before YouTube was a thing, right? Yeah. And literally saying, oh, wow, I wonder what this cable's for. I wonder what this is for. What in the heck is this, you know? And uh, we get it hooked up to the TV. And I remember very, very vividly, we, we slid the Mar- Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt um, cartridge in and booted the game up. And, you know, we selected uh, Super Mario, hit start to start the game. And I'm like, wait, it's a cartoon and I can control it. This is amazing. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, wow, I I push this button and he runs over there. I push this button and he runs back that way. And I can tap this button and he jumps. Oh, wait, what's this? It looks like some kind of friendly mushroom. Nope, nope, nope. It killed me. You know what I mean? And it's just like this, this, this amazing just... 
and we spent the rest of the day like this was maybe 11 o'clock in the morning we spent the rest of the day up until bedtime in the living room all four of us my mom my dad my brother and i just sort of huddled around the tv going wow what's this what's this and we like i i genuinely never completed um super mario brothers until around 2014 but that entire afternoon and we played it for six or seven hours and we're like, wow, what happened? Wait, there's another controller in the box. What happens if you plug it? Wait, there's a two-player mode? Oh, wow, this guy's red and white, and, uh, red and blue, sorry. And this guy's green and white. What is this about? And then, you know, then we start looking through the manual. Oh, that guy's Mario. That guy's Luigi, right? And uh, to this day, my brother and I are always like, you're player one, I'm player two. And we just do it like that, right? Yeah. Because it goes back to that memory of sitting on the floor, December 26th. So are you Mario or Luigi? Are you the older so, or younger? <laughs> <laughs> so when we play together, we always have to, we're, we're not allowed to play competitive games. Um, even to this day, we're not allowed to play them. <laughs> it becomes like, I'm, you know, uh, maybe I'm beating my brother and he'll literally punch me in the arm just so that I have to drop the controller. <laughs> he knows exactly where to hit me so that I drop the controller, right? And then he's like, ah, I'm beating you now. And so then I'll the younger lean brother, over man. and put my hands over, over, his, uh, over his glasses and stop him from seeing. So, yeah, he's the younger brother. I'm the older brother. Okay. But when we're playing Mario games, he's always Mario and I'm always Luigi. Interesting. And I mean, that's just how it works, right? I, I've never understood why. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, maybe you liked green better. Or like maybe it's just a color thing. You didn't even think to, you know, but uh, it's so interesting to talk to people that had that like, you know, original experience. Cause I kind of talked to some friends, even like, even thinking of me, like, you know, playing, you know, Counter-Strike for the first time or, you know, Final Fantasy and all these games. And like, you either have to wait to talk to kids at school or buy like, you know, an extra $20 manual that's 400 pages or, um, you know, cause there was no YouTube or, you know, World of Warcraft even like, right. When there wasn't really like a, like, obviously I know there was a beta, but there wasn't this whole system where everything was known. Like now I think the issue is because of beta testing and YouTubes and content creators and everything. The second the game comes out, Everything's known. This is the min-max build. Go play this. Chase this item. You found this item from this boss. Like everything is like I, it's, and obviously you can just ignore that content and try to figure it all out on your own, um, which I find harder to do, especially if I'm like you know limited on time. I'm like I just want to be the best, right? So like let's quickly do a bit of reading, and so it's like oh, will you ever be able to have that experience again um, because of the way the internet and YouTube and everything is? Like, you know, you, yeah. you, if you try, you might not ever even be able to give your kids that experience. Because even if you're like, here's an NES, here's the game, don't look it up. Like, okay, the next day at school, they can just throw their phone open and be like, oh, dad, I know how to beat the game. I mean, I, I saw this wonderful video that's uh, kind of related of this uh, toddler who'd been given a Game Boy and Tetris and just watching them try to play the game by moving their finger up and down on the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think it's touchscreen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right. I think we'll we'll never be able to recreate that 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 feeling ever again. Because like you say, everything's so so known. It's everything's so connected, right? Even with games that are like, hey, we've told you nothing about it, but here's the trailer and the game goes on sale in five minutes time. Well, guess what? All of the YouTube uh, influencers have already been playing it for tw- for two or three weeks, so that they they can make their content 
to sell yeah. you the game as well, you know? <laughs> or even if they haven't, and they generally, it was just a surprise launch. Like if you're a normal person, that's even if you're a hardcore gamer dad and you're playing hours a day, well, they're playing 18 hours a day. So by the time, you know, where you're at uh, by the end of the first week, they already have videos up and they already have 150 hours in and they're like, this is how you do that. Do it. Totally. Right? So yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, I guess you just, as you get older and more mature and if that's experience you want, I guess you just have to fight the temptation and, and not look things up or watch videos, but. Uh, you know, it's hard when you're on the toilet and you're bored and you're like, hey, I'll just open a YouTube video quickly and look what, what's up with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of a story, uh, not the sitting on the toilet and looking things up. But, uh, <laughs> reminds me, <laughs> it reminds me of a story back in, in those early days, 91, 92. Um, you know, my brother and I, we were absolutely crazy about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or as they were known over here, the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. There's a whole story about that. Um, really? But that's not the story I'm telling. But I could tell that one in a moment. But um, the, the, the whole, yeah, we, we'd gotten the TMNT NES game, right? And it's synonymous for being really, really difficult to play. Yeah. And and we got through maybe the first two stages. And you end up in, in essentially New York City and you have to drive around in the turtle van and go into very specific buildings. The, every building is open, right? It's almost like an open world stage, right? You have to go into a very specific buildings to collect specific items to then be able to sort of repel from one building to the next to get through this stage. And I just could not do it. Um, and luckily, uh, you know, family moved in next door like the week that we got the, the the Nintendo and he and their son had one and he had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and he knew how to finish this level, right? And so we, we sat there one afternoon. We're in, I remember it, we're in uh, our backyard. We've put up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tent and we're sitting in the tent and he's got this big A3 piece of paper and we drew out the map of the city because he could do it from memory because <laughs> he played that bit so much. And he put little X's. You need to go into this building first, then that building. They climb up to the top and repel from that building to the next. And uh, and that that is genuinely, like you said earlier on, that is how the, the, the strategies and the techniques were sort of swapped. It was quite literally people from the playground, people from your neighborhood. Oh, yeah, I've done that level before. Let me show you how to do it. And, and uh, maybe in magazines, if you were buying magazines at the time, or like you say, if you're going to spend $20 on a, a strategy guide, then, you know, then you'll have all the, the, the answers for the secrets. But, but yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. You will never be able to recreate that either. And that's not even, that's like an ancillary part of the game, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's such an interesting experience that, I don't know, if and how we'd ever build it deliver that to kids but i guess gotta find the next thing um so <laughs> currently uh i guess what kind of games are you play now uh so um i uh as as a father of uh, of three well a father of one stepped out to do another two but yeah father of three right but they all live in the same house like with you so like you're or is it yeah, like part-time yeah, yeah, share yeah. No, no, we're all together. It's it's okay. it's loads of it's loads of fun sometimes. Um, <laughs> but because of that, obviously, um, uh, you know, I've 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 read the horror stories of you fire up your PlayStation, your PS4, PS5, your Xbox, whatever stupid model name it is, um, and it says, "Yeah, I need to download an update before you can do anything." Yeah. Please come back in three hours, right? Can't do that. 
I've I've got to be able to play like now, right? Yep. <laughs> so I've got myself a, a Nintendo Switch, um, and I've got a couple of titles for for that, and I've even got um, a, a device called an RG three five zero. Um, and these are wonderful little devices. Uh, you just dump an SD card into it with a bunch of legally obtained titles that you definitely already own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not prom- I'm not condoning piracy, but of you know the ROMs of the games that you have. So like I've got a couple of uh, Streets of Rage cartridges laying around the house in the Mega Drive. So I put the Streets of Rage uh, ROM on there, and I can just fire it up, and within 30 seconds, I'm playing Streets of Rage or I'm playing Sonic the Hedgehog or something like that. So that's really useful for like, hey, I've got 20 minutes. The kids are all outside playing or whatever. I'm kind of bored. I'm not editing any podcasts. Hey, let's just play, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario Brothers or, you know, uh, I don't know, F-Zero or something, you know, yeah. uh, so I can just fire that up. But um, the the sort of mainline games that I am playing that are more uh, contemporary, I guess, um, I, I recently restarted playing, and this is definitely after bedtime, right? But it's a Mafia 2 because of the three mainline Mafia games, I absolutely love that one. Um, okay. The characters are so realistic. There's something about the the initial time period of the 40s and 50s that really just sort of hits with me, and I don't know why. Um, and just the, the like the interactions. I, I genuinely think that Joe Barbaro, he's one of the supporting characters for folks who haven't played it, is possibly one of the greatest supporting characters in video game history ever, just because he's so realistic, right? Um, without going into spoiler territory and for the folks who haven't played it, there's a part where um, one of your friends gets uh, killed during a mission and Joe takes it really personally and he ends up in a bar and he gets really drunk and just like the things he's saying and the dialogue that the dialogue that's been written, the way it's, the way it's acted out, the way the scene is put together. It's like I'm watching a, 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 Maybe not a, a top budget Hollywood movie, but you know a, a a big budget Hollywood movie about the 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 mob from maybe the nineties. You know they really know the source material, and it is it, it's so good. So that's on the that's on the PC, right? Playing yeah. that on the PC, and I've got this this wonderfully stupid button basher um, for my uh, my Switch called Samurai Warriors Five, okay. and it's the fifth game in a series of games that tell the same story every single time right uh it's set during the warring states period of japan so if i say historical japan and samurai the period of time you're thinking of is the period of time that this game is set during and it quite literally goes here's a bunch of swords and and bows and arrows and stuff we're going to drop you on a battlefield full of ten thousand enemies hack and slash your way through to the other end of the of the map and when you want something stupid and dumb just to bash a bunch of buttons and run from one side of a field to another to fill a 10-minute gap, it is so much fun. That sounds like a good fun. Um, an interesting <laughs> game. It's not really a hack and slash, but it's a cool little game you should check out if you have time. Is uh, Hades. Um, mm. It's for the PC. Um, have you heard about it? Yeah, I've I've heard quite a lot because I, I well uh, yeah I've, I've heard about it a lot sorry because uh, a bunch of my friends are really into roguelike games yep. so those are the games where like you you finish you, you, your character dies you go straight back to the beginning everything's randomized and you start again right there's no such thing as like permadeath or anything yeah but the uh, good thing about this game is twofold is one is you 
still gain power every time you play like your character gets stronger so you'll be able to make it further through the playthrough and the, also the good thing about this game is a lot of roguelikes will be like you can't quit mid-game you have to just die and then you can save you know once you get back to town if i recall correctly you can just quit whenever and you'll just spawn on that portion of the playthrough so it's good for if you a game where you can play if you only have 10 minutes or if you have 10 hours like it's a perfect in that regard that's cool. That sounds like a really nice way of sort of. And I think it's on genre. Xbox Games Pass if you have that. Um, ah, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll. I think I'll look it up. Um, maybe not directly after we finish recording, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll have to look it up. I'm currently going through a, a thing at the moment, and a few of my friends tell me almost like a masochist for doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, what I do is I buy one game, I play it till I finish it, and then buy the next one. <laughs> <laughs> like so, so if you like like i want to get into final fantasy like i'm going to start at number one and i'm going to keep playing it until i'm done every single one. Oh no almost um so like with samurai warriors 5 um i bought that maybe two or three weeks ago and i will not buy any more switch games until i finished it oh okay and then, yeah yeah and then like and especially with like the pc when i fire up steam and it's like hey this game that you wanted to buy two years ago is now you know a dollar I'm like, oh, I want to press fire and buy it, but I, I'm set myself that 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 rule, yeah. Because otherwise, you end up with five thousand games in your Steam library, and you've never played any of them. <laughs> that's that's what every dad does. That's the perfect. That's the dream. The last <laughs> couple of guests ago, we were just talking about right the paradigm where you know when you're a kid, you have all the uh, interest and all the time, but you don't have the money to buy the games when they come out. And then obviously, when you're an adult. You can buy probably any game you want within reason, uh, but then you don't have the time or the, you know, so. So yep. that's why in yep. Steve, it's such a summer sales and stuff. You're like, oh, can't say wrong. 10 Star Wars games for 30 bucks. Sure. And like yeah. I've done stuff like that and I haven't touched any of them. I haven't even opened any of them. I'm just like, oh, that's a great deal. I'll buy it. Um, there's like even like a meme, like, right. I don't know if you've seen where, you know the woman will open up her closet you know obviously semi-sexist right but like dresses and shoes and everything and she'll say i have nothing to wear and then you know the the, the guy will open up a steam library and say i have nothing to play but he has like you know, a <laughs> thousand games zero all like half of them are like zero hours played but yeah 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 it's, and, and, that, and that's what i'm trying to trying to avoid um because uh it's, it's a bit of a, a cockeyed way of thinking about it but i feel like i because I, I used to do that right but I'm getting no value for my money if I buy, uh, you know, five, five, uh, five or ten games during the Steam sale for a dollar each or something, and then yeah. never play them. Right? That's five dollars. I, it's a petty way of thinking about it, but that's five dollars I could have spent on something else. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's how I'm trying to think about it. Right? So, like, yep. if one of my kids comes to me and says, "Hey, can we go out for ice cream?" and I'm like, "Sure." Oh, actually, I've just spent you know twenty dollars on this video game. You know, that's cut into my personal, you know, I wouldn't do it like this, but like, hey, that's cut into my personal budget. We can't go out for ice cream. You know, that's, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to fall into that, into that, uh, into that setup, but I'd, I'd much rather spend, you know, money on the kids, giving them um, the experiences and, and time with me and stuff like that than spending money on games that I know I'm never going to play. I'd love to want them, but I'm never going to play them, you know? <laughs> sure you're just uh you're just you're just a collector not necessarily playing them all yeah right yeah yeah, yeah but now exactly. it's even different because it's not like the old days where you know you actually were like okay i'm a 
I haven't I haven't launched it, but at least it's like on the dresser or like, you know, on the bookshelf and like, you know, you can see all the titles I bought. It's all just a digital library now. So you know totally, at least yeah. have the joy of even like, hey, look at my collection. Yeah, yeah. You just like, hey, I'll take a video of me scrolling through my Steam library. Is that good enough? <laughs> uh, so, so is there any games? Uh, I guess you're not really playing modern day games, uh, like AAA stuff. So, is there any games that are coming down the pipe that excite you, or you're kind of more like a wait till it goes on sale, buy it five years later kind of thing? Yeah. So the, sometimes I'll, I'll buy a game as soon as it comes out. Um, so like. You know, I've mentioned it like a million times already, but Samurai Warriors 5, I pre-ordered that one because I'm a fan of the series. Um, And, uh, you know, there's a few like, um, I think it was Borderlands, the pre-sequel, bought that before it came out. You know, I mean, that's that's not new, right? That's from, what, from 2010, something like that. But, you know, I'll I'll happily buy, uh, if if it's something I'm super interested in, because... I was for a time really interested in the Borderlands games. Yeah. And then, uh, then the kids happened, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't really get that much time left. <laughs> yeah. So is there any games coming out that you're looking forward to or not really that you can, recall? Um, I, I haven't really been keeping up with what's coming out if I'm okay. honest. Um, yeah. And that's part and parcel of the reason why I started the waffling Taylor's thing with my brother. Cause I'm like, uh, there's quite literally a segment called recent games where I get everyone else to tell me what they've been playing and tell me whether they'd recommend it because I'm like, I don't have the time to, you know, read all these, read about all these games coming out. My YouTube algorithm is so messed up that I don't get the, the trailers anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. So then now you just have a massive Excel document that you build and that has hundreds of games yeah. on it that people say you should play that you're never going to buy or play. That's it. That's exactly what I do. Instead of buying them, I just build a spreadsheet. That's it. <laughs> uh, that's good. It's cheaper. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. And you can always, like I said, you can always, if you're like, ah, that's 90% interested in that, you just throw it on the Steam's wish list, and then they'll email you, say, hey, this is on sale, and then depending on the magnitude of the sale, you're like, yeah, it's worth risking it, or no, nope, I'll wait until it goes on 90%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there was a... Um, there was well, there is a title that's eventually coming out for consoles that I'm, I'm interested in getting. It's not a new one; it's one of these that have been uh, remastered. Okay, uh, it's uh, Shadow Man, which came out in the nineties. Okay, um, I got that for a PC as soon as it was announced uh, that it was coming out because they they sort of announced it about a year ago, um, and then they kind of went quiet and they were like, "Hey, we're working on this thing, but we haven't released it yet." And then as soon as they announced a release date. I bought it straight away. I was like, yeah, got to play this because it was one of my favorite games for uh, the Dreamcast, right? Okay. Because that's the version I played when it first came out. And that's I guess a I good. It looked like it was N64, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So it was a uh, PlayStation first and then it was ported to N64 and then it was ported to pretty much everything else that was around at the time, which is, uh, I think, just Windows and uh, Dreamcast. But uh, I played it on the Dreamcast, which people tell me is the buggy yet the it's kind of like a buggy version but also the um almost like the best of the bunch um which because like it was the playstation hardware could not could not handle the design of the game and it came out for that one first <laughs> and did you say you've beaten this one or you're, you're looking forward to playing it yeah so yeah it so like it I, came out like six months ago yeah yeah so uh the pc version came out around six months ago and i bought that as soon as it came out i think i've played through the PC remaster about 12, 13 times because I just love the game. But wow. they're releasing the it's console good, eh? version. 
Yeah, well, I think so. <laughs> They're releasing the console version. Um, they've got like a 2B confirmed on it. So as soon as that gets released, it's going on the Switch, right? Uh, I've, that's why I'm like, I'm holding off pressing fire on any Switch games because I need that gap, <laughs> right? You need to make sure that you're rule. That's it. That's it. I've got to make sure my rule still applies. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. My wish them, list. That's it. <laughs> but, yeah, most of my titles are the, are the sort of slightly older ones. It's not like it's like I go, oh, cool. This game, like Saints Row 3 came out, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. I'll buy that now and play it because I still, you know, I bought it back in the day. And I've maybe played through most of it, but I haven't finished it. Hopefully one day I will. But, yeah, it's, it's maybe... Uh, six months to two or three years uh, that's the sort of band of uh of, of release dates that i go for i think okay nice um so do you um i know you said you mentioned a bunch of you know nerdy friends and stuff so do you kind of game with uh friends or do you do some gaming with your kids or just strictly solo as a reset or uh, so it's, it's kind of all three um so whenever i go to visit my brother uh, that's a you know two-player affair, but we're not allowed to play um, competitive games. Uh, but we'll you know, or, or maybe he'll play a game and I'll sit and watch. Like um, when he got Resident Evil Village, I was like, no, I, I'm very happy to sit and watch you play this game. I'm not going to play it because it's first person and it's horror, and you ain't got speakers. You've just got headphones. Nah, I'm all right. You play it. <laughs> you yeah. play that, and I'll just watch and listen for you going, ah! you know. What I mean? I'm, I'm fine with listening to him scream. That's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, with the with the kids, um, the, the girls aren't really that interested in uh, any kind of video games. But uh, yeah, the my stepson is very very interested. We we got him a Nintendo Wii. Um, with like a bucket full of games years and years ago. And uh, the one he really likes to play on that is uh, Lego uh, Harry Potter. Okay. And he loves that because he's crazy about Harry Potter as well. So it's like video games, Lego and Harry Potter. That's him sorted. So yeah. uh, what I did was I bought the, the Lego Harry Potter collection on the Switch. And we've been slowly playing through that, right? The rule is you've got, you know, if you've behaved all week, and you've done your homework, then you know we can play the we can play the game. But he's but the thing is, so it's he's like a weekend gonna, thing only. Oh yeah, totally yeah. That's awesome. But he's always I've arranged it so that he always wins that because you know behave. It's 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 a relative it's a trivial yeah. yeah right. It's a trivial target to hit, and you do all your homework and stuff again. He doesn't get a lot, so that's a trivial target to hit. But then it becomes time that me and that, that him and me can have, right? So maybe we'll, you know, I'll say to him, look, we're about to play Harry Potter, but you want to go get some ice cream first, or hey, let's go down to the shops, buy some candy, buy some sweets, and we'll just put them on the table that we sit around, um, uh, and because like it's in the living room, dining room sort of thing, so we'll sit at the at the dining room table. Um, and set some, you know, put some sweets in it, put some candies in a, in, a, in a jar, and we'll have the candies and play a level. And we only ever play one level, right? But what we do is when we when we finish the game, we're going to go back and get all of the bits and pieces, right? We're going to actually 100% the game. That's the plan. Because he's he's only ever played the first, because like the Lego Harry Potter games came out as two games on the Nintendo Wii. He's only ever played the first one, but he knows the stories for the films 
back to front, right? So he's going to be able to play through the entirety of all eight or whatever games. Yeah, I think it's eight or whatever it is. But then when it comes to finding the secrets, we're going to have to work together to find them, right? And that's what I'm thinking, you know, we're going to be working, you know, we're going to be collaborating, we're going to be having a fun time. I think that's, it's going to go really well, I think. That sounds awesome. And that's what I always think of uh, and imagine just being completely exciting, even like movie night, um, you know, in the future with, uh, you know, kids and stuff where you can just say, okay, Know, this Saturday, we're, 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 you know, getting, we're getting takeout, we're getting a ridiculous amount of junk food, and we're, you know, like you said, we're going to play one round of this, and then we're going to watch a movie or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that goes back to uh, uh, my childhood. There was something that um, it was like a Saturday mornings, right? My mom was working, my dad wasn't, so he'd be like, "Let's go down." There was literally a blockbuster around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. This is how long ago this story happened, and he was he would take us over to blockbuster. My brother and I would be allowed to pick out a film and he'd pick out a film. The film that he would pick out, we're not allowed to watch because he was very into horror movies and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of scary stuff. So we weren't allowed to watch that one, but he would only put that on when my brother and I were maybe out playing with our friends or whatever. But we'd pick a film. Maybe it was a cartoon. Maybe it was a silly, you know, a kid's film or whatever. We'd then go to the supermarket and buy like, I, I said it, I said the phrase earlier on, but a bucket load of sweets and junk food and, you know, just whatever we could get. And uh, the phrase that he used, uh, I'm not sure it's a particularly PC phrase now, but we'd sit on the couch and pig out. Was That that was how he would explain it, right? We're going to sit on the couch, we're going to pig out. Don't worry about breakfast, lads. Don't worry about lunch. We'll just do this. And then you can go play with your friends. I'll watch this film or fall asleep on the couch and then you come and wake me up and we'll, you know, then your mum will be home and we'll have... We'll have dinner, right? That was Saturday yeah. to me. <laughs> there you go. And did mom know about the, the morning uh, pick out or was it kind of like a a boy's secret? Yeah, it was kind of like a, a this is the, the boys, almost like boys club. Again, I'm, I'm using a bunch of loaded terms, but I don't oh, no, mean no, them, for them to be loaded. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, it was, uh, you know, dad and son's day. So we're going to do what we want to do. But then he always made sure that we, you know, we went out and ran off the energy of of the of the junk food you know what i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like we would we'd uh fill up on junk food and then just stay sitting down we'd be sent out of the house and it's like go next door get the get the kid next door get on your bikes and you know go for a ride or something you know yeah well that's great so it was like carefully balanced right (laughs) um so i guess with your um trying to think here so do you have uh any cool stories uh that you've kind of had with your kids yet related to gaming like i know you have your memories of you know like in mario and all this stuff like family time have you had a chance to kind of create those memories yet with your kids or so i think i think the the first one would have been i was just you know the switch you can hook it up to the tv you can can hold it in hand sort of thing first time that i hooked it up to the tv and dropped it into the dock um, my stepson was sitting with me and he's watching me just go through the menus and choose something to play. And I've, I fired up, oh goodness, what was it? It could, I, I want to say it was Breath of the Wild, but it may okay. not have been. You know, and he's looking over my shoulder. He's like, wow, this looks amazing. And I'm like, you ain't seen nothing yet, kid. Turned the TV on, dropped it into the dock and it just came up on screen exactly as it was on the tiny screen. And he's like, wow, how'd you do that? You, you you're doing this wirelessly. This is amazing. 
And, and what I thought to myself was, that's probably as close to the, the memory that I had that we'll ever get, right? Yeah. That, that wonderful amazement. that Because, that, I mean, Breath of the Wild is a gorgeous game, right? It's just, uh, it's like looking into a window into a CGI film. So, like, um, the, the way that I describe Super Mario, it's like I'm moving around a cartoon. Well, for him, hey, look, I'm controlling a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so like uh, seeing him just go, oh wow, and then I just handed him the controller and went, go on in. What? Oh my goodness, I can make this guy move around. It, it was the same experience that I had, right? And so being able to see that from the other side was just, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I guess you definitely, uh, especially in their younger years, you can kind of recreate uh, that experience. I guess I'm trying to think, like, can we recreate that for ourselves or even a kid when they're a bit older, like in their teens, right? But I guess, yeah, if you're introducing them when they're in their single digits and they don't have phones or don't really, you know, use YouTube on their own yet, and it seems like you guys yeah. are, um, you know, control the screen time and everything. So you'd still be able to kind of have that uh, experience for them, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that maybe in the next six months to a year, I can track down a, uh, like a used uh, VR headset and just blow his mind. Just be like, hey, guess what? You can see it on the screen, right? Put this headset on and just watch him go, <gasps> you know what I mean? It just, oh my goodness, I'm in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I love watching those those moments where because uh, well, I used to be a teacher, right? So okay. I got out of uh, I got out of university and then uh, started training to be a maths teacher, or I suppose math teacher is probably the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was teaching high school math, and it's the 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 aha moment, right? When you're saying, "Hey, there's this really complex topic we need to figure out." And here's the here's the way that you're going to learn it, and uh, and you just watch somebody just get it right, um, and it's the same thing with um, when you blow someone's mind with a piece of technology, right, or when uh, when you're helping someone out, maybe you know in your day to day work, and somebody's really struggling to just understand what it is that you that you're doing or how something fits, and you you somehow you explain it to them, and you just see that look in their eyes. And you can see like the whole world has just opened up to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, oh goodness, I didn't realize that I could I could do it like this. And everything in the world is now just super easy and super simple for me until I hit the next problem. But then like there's almost like a joy there, right? Of solving a problem or being uh, completely amazed by what a computer can do. And like, just think about it for a second, right? Computers are made up of, like the chips are made up of layers of silicon that we pass electricity through. Yeah. Right. Just the, like, I'm not a metaphysicist, but just think about that for a second. Right. It's just layers of silicon that we're passing electricity through. And we get, we get, we get podcasts, we get Marvel movies, we get TV, we get video games, we get cars, right. Cause most cars are now computer controlled. Oh brother. Most parts of a car are computer controlled so yep. you'll have a computer that helps with the brakes the computer that helps with fuel injection you know all of this just because we pass electricity through m- many millions of layers of silicon <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's pretty crazy i guess if you think of it like that it really is it really is it's yeah 
I just I, I just love that that moment. Like I said, I love that moment where I can I can blow one of my kids' minds by going, "Hey, check this out!" Bah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's happening less and less often because they they're figuring it out themselves these days. <laughs> yeah, and definitely younger, right? Just because of tech and access to phones mm-hmm. and computers and yeah, whatever. Sure. Um. So the uh, given the fact you're father of three. Um, do you have any uh, general tips, uh, whether it be for stepfathers or new fathers or, or what have you, that you think is worthwhile sharing with the audience? Um, I guess so. One of them is always listen, right? Um, not every not every child is going to be able to articulate what they're actually feeling or what the source of the problem is. Yeah. So if a, if a little one comes to you and, and they're upset about something, just sit and listen. Right, because there's this trick that you can do with 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 people, um, whether they're adults, whether they're teens, whether they're kids, whatever. Where if someone's really upset about something, don't say anything and just let them talk, because you're almost be well. Obviously, don't just sit there and just you know stone face them, but oh, yeah. you know let let the other person explore the problem first. Let them sort of feel it out themselves, because what they're doing is they're sounding out the problem to you. They're walking through their thought process in like an almost like an audible way. And with kids, they are just amazing at doing that because um, if if you if if like a, if if let's say uh, okay, so here's here's an example from my childhood, right? That my brother actually told me about the other day. I don't remember this, but he remembers this. So my brother and I were sitting outside, and I would have been maybe oh I don't know six or seven years old. We're sitting. Um, we've got this almost like a uh, like a dining table outside, or just like a bench or something outside. And yep. my mum comes out and lays out um, some trifle, um, which I'm not sure whether that crosses the interna- international boundaries, but it's kind of think of it like a big cake with like custard and ice cream yep. and, and fruit and all that kind of stuff. Right? And she puts down the, the the trifle, puts down a pair of spoons, and immediately I start Bart Simpsoning my way through it, you know, the, <laughs> the hand and the spoon become a blur. Right. And my brother gets really upset and he walks into the, he walks back into the house, really upset, crying and says, dad, dad, Jamie's eating all of the, all of the trifle. And my dad goes, I saw him out there. Right. He didn't, he didn't say what to do. He just said, we'll go sort out, go, go solve the problem. Right. You know mm-hmm. how to solve this. So apparently my brother, being the four-year-old that he was, walked into the kitchen, opened the kitchen drawer, grabbed the biggest wooden spoon you will ever see, and came outside and thwacked me across the head with it because that stopped me eating all the trifle. Do you think a lot of your so stories I, with your uh, younger brother are violence? This is his first solution. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm losing the game, punch you. You know, you're eating That's my cake, it. whack you with a spoon. Absolutely. But uh, I think that the, because then obviously I run, I then run in and go, ah, he's hit me with a spoon. You know, I'm crying. I'm six or seven years old. I've been hit by a spoon, a high speed spoon, right? And I'm, I'm crying to my dad. Oh, he's hit me with a spoon. And he goes, why? I, 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 he just come outside and he hit me with a spoon. Yeah, but what happened? Well, he, he came outside and hit me with a spoon. But what happened before that? Do you know what I mean? He he got me to sort of work through the problem in my head and I was working out aloud. And then, you know, I sort of sobered up 
and went, oh, yeah, I was I was eating all the, the, the cake, wasn't I? Maybe maybe I shouldn't have eaten so much. And he's like, that's a good boy. You know what I mean? That, that, and, and he said almost nothing in that conversation. Yeah. And I said the majority of it because I was um, in in development. We talk about being able to rubber duck a problem. Um, and what we do is it goes back to this this story in, in uh, a book called The Pragmatic Programmer about an engineer who used to in the I think this is from the 90s, used to literally carry a rubber duck around with him and used to sit here on top of his monitor. And if he got stuck, he would talk to the rubber duck. And somebody asked somebody said to him, well, why did you do that? And he says, well, um, instead of leaving the problem inside my head, um, the cognitive processes involved in turning that problem into words and then saying them out loud helps me solve the problem. And and even now, people like turn to me. I'm not I'm not telling the story, now, but people tell, to, will turn to me, Jamie, and go, "That's nonsense." And I say, "I tell you what, right? Next time you're having a problem, go speak to a friend, and you'll figure out the solution." Because that's what you're doing. You, you're you're, you're, you're using them as a soundboard, and Absolutely. you might not solve the issue, but at least you'll be like, okay, I understand the gaps and my issues and what what I need to figure out to solve the issue. Absolutely, and I'm a bit very big proponent for doing that with your kids, letting, allowing the kid to to use you as a soundboard. You know, I'm upset about this. Okay, well, let's explore this. You know, uh, let's not jump towards an answer. Let's figure out how, you know, how this is making you feel, how it might be making others feel. Let's figure out what's going on first, you know, and then we'll see if the pair of us can come up with an answer. I'm not going to tell you an answer because I may not know an answer. Your situation will be completely different to how I would handle it because we're completely different people, right? Um, But also... I don't know the full story because I'm only hearing what you're telling me. Um, and so allowing, allowing the, the, the kids just to talk about whatever they're, they're having problems with, um, it allows them to, like you say, you become a soundboard, but also it allows, it allows them to learn the lesson that it's important, A, you have feelings for a reason, and B, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. You know, these are feelings that you have for a reason, and you're allowed to have them. Um, and so, I, I, I'm very much a, a big proponent of be a soundboard for your kids. Um, and another, the other piece of advice that I would give is um, mistakes and accidents happen, and your kids will likely not know that it was a mistake or, or an accident. And so whilst it's really like, let's say your kid runs into the living room and knocks over somehow a Rube Goldberg machine happens, right? They fall over, something else gets knocked over. The next thing you know, a cup of coffee has gone over you, has been poured over your PlayStation 5, right? That's going to be horrendously expensive to replace. But everyone's still alive and everyone's still okay, right? And the child that ran in and knocked everything over that set off this chain of events really honestly didn't mean to and it was an accident right be upset be angry but it ain't their fault yeah you probably find that it was your fault because you left a bunch of stuff laying around that they could fall over and set up as a rube goldberg machine and your coffee got spilt onto the playstation right so if you really want to assign blame i i try not to assign blame but if you want to assign blame maybe it's your fault because they don't know right yeah 
And I think the other thing that I think you're you're saying there within reason is, uh, you know, it's it's all about intent, right? Like regardless of what was damaged or what was said or what was done, like if the intent wasn't malicious, then you know you got to explain, hey, you messed up, and here's why, and maybe next time we can try to change that. But like you said, I'm not really mad at you because the intent wasn't malicious. You didn't purposely say. You were mean to me, Dad. If you know, if you yelled at your kid, and your kid took a baseball bat and hit the PlayStation, well, then yes, he's kind of an a-hole, and there was malicious intent, and you know he needs to be corrected. But like you said, if it's a a domino effect and the, the intent wasn't malicious, then I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a there's a story that my dad used to tell me about. Uh, he used to collect vinyl records, right? And yep. again, this is like early 90s. Yeah. So vinyl records were still sort of a thing. They were being phased out and replaced by CDs. And uh, I don't remember this, but my dad does. And he says to me, um, he came home one day and I was playing at being a car driver. But the only thing I could get a hold of that was vaguely the same shape as a steering wheel, I couldn't get into the cupboards to get a, you know, a, a dish out, you know, a plate or whatever. So I grabbed one of his one of his records, uh-huh. and I'm just sort of sitting there holding it in front of me, turning it like it's a like it's a, a steering wheel. Yep. And he walks in and he says, "Jimmy, what are you doing?" And I went <gasps> and dropped it, and it smashed. Right. And obviously, he's like, he got really angry and got really upset. But then later on, he told me, "Look, I know you didn't mean to, and I totally understand that you were playing a game and you needed something." to hold on to rather than imagining the steering wheel but also that was something of mine that is now you know it's, it's broken i don't want you to feel guilty about it what i want you to do is maybe think about um if you're looking for something to play with perhaps you should ask right rather than just go oh yeah i'll just grab this because this this sort of fits the bill right um because like what what could have happened if i wanted to play at you know, making dinner. Oh, I'll just grab this really sharp knife and just start chopping away at these imaginary vegetables. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, there goes Jamie's thumb. And yep, you know, it happens. That, that or, was, or I'm gonna yeah. cook for myself at two, three years old and turn the oven on. And or you know, the there's actually a story that um, or I think I think it was my uncle that did it. Um, that they were playing with the teddy bear in like the furnace room or something like that, and somehow the older furnaces actually had a bigger test pilot, and you know, and then the the teddy bear caught on fire. But then he was like, "Oh my god, I don't want them to know that my teddy bear is on fire." So he tried to like hide it under like the bed. Um, and then eventually, obviously, came to a point where you know my grandpa was like, "Okay, something's burning in the house, and the whole guest bedroom was on fire," and stuff, right? But again, it was the same thing. It was just like totally like innocent. Like he didn't try to burn the house down, even though that was potentially the direction it was going if you know no one was home. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely totally. intent. Yeah, yeah, I, totally. And, I like it. Solid advice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, there's a there's a sentence that I use whenever one of the one of my kids messes around and you know the maybe their behavior is not quite right. I'll sit and I'll sit and talk to him and I'll say, look, I am upset. But I'm not upset with you. I'm upset with your behavior. I'm upset with the way that you've chosen to behave. I I love you to pieces. But I'm upset with how you've chosen to behave. Not not I'm upset with you. It's the choice that you made. And yeah. then hopefully you can make a different choice in the future, right? And hopefully you can understand why I'm upset. Look, you know, I'm not going to yell and scream at you that you shouldn't have done that. 
But what I will do is I'll say, look, if you hadn't have done that, some other thing would have happened. And because you've done that, it's caused these, these steps to happen, these, these events to take place. And now everyone's really upset. And um, bless him, the, the youngest, when he's in trouble, like yelling and screaming doesn't work. So we found that you just tell him, look, here's what happened. Here's why we're upset. Go in, think about it. And to be honest, he's really good at just the action. And he's really like, he does actually go away and think about it. Uh-huh. I'll see him sort of sitting in the living room, just sort of staring at the wall. And he's really deep in contemplation. And then he'll come back to me in half an hour's time and go, do you know what? I really, under- yeah, I get it. If I hadn't have done that thing, then, you know, maybe like if I hadn't have pushed that other boy, his ice cream wouldn't have fallen on the floor. And yeah. He'd have been able to eat the ice cream and then he'd have a lovely afternoon. But now because I pushed him and he wasn't, he didn't know I was going to push him. His ice cream's on the floor and it's, it's probably ruined his afternoon. Hasn't it? Yeah. That's good. Smart kid. Allowing him to have that self-reflection time. Yeah. I definitely agree. That's a good, uh, Good motto to live by. It's not quite as harsh when you're saying it. I was like, kind of funny because it reminds me of that whole, like, you know, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Or it's like, oh, that just cuts even deeper than saying that you're <laughs> yeah. mad. Like, it's like, oh, you're going straight for the jugular with this one. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, that's kind of uh, at the end of my typical questions. The other question, and we obviously we can go down any other path you want as well, um, is I sometimes ask, like, you know, if the guest has any interesting hobbies to kind of speak to those. Um, so cause you had such great advice on the tips for parenting. Do you maybe have any tips or advice for uh, people that want to start podcasts since you've done five of them um, for guest listening? Uh, yeah, I guess, um, it, you know, uh, have is this is the, this is the easiest bit to say most difficult bit to do. And that is have a solid idea, right? Um, there's a, there's a Facebook group that I'm part of, where people will post ideas for for their entire shows. Like people will say, I want to start a podcast. What should I start it on? And I say to them, what you've just asked me is, I want to have a tattoo. What tattoo should I get? Right? Okay. It's completely down to you. Right? But there are people that um, will do that though, right? And if then if Reddit says, oh, this is the tattoo, they'll go out and get it, right? There's just someone, some people that just have such, that, well, because they're just looking for, for like almost approval status then, right? Like, oh, people mm-hmm. think this is cool, so I'm doing it. Yeah, totally. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, if you want to do something, go do it. Don't let, you know, as long as my personal opinion is, as long as it's not illegal and as long as everyone involved knows what's going to happen, I'm not going to stop you doing it. Yeah. Do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm very much a case of just go do, go, go do it if you really want to. Um, but I think you need to really have a very solid idea. And a lot of people get into uh, podcasting as a, well, I sit around with my friends and we talk and we always laugh loads. So we, we, we have loads of laughs. We have a barrel of laughs. We're always laughing for the, for the for two or three hours. So we'll just record that and put that out there. And it's only when they've put out five or six of those that they realize that, yeah, we're all laughing because it's inside jokes. You know, so do you remember that time at college in college? When um, when Sarah went to uh, I don't know the sorority dinner yeah, or yeah. whatever, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, well, that's not really funny for everyone outside of the group, is it? Right? No, of course, um, yeah. So have a really solid idea, uh, and then go away and 
like write almost like write an episode um and that might just be write a bunch of questions that you would ask someone if you were interviewing like you know michael sent me a bunch of of questions that he'd like to ask and you know that gave me an idea of what i was what i was going to be saying afterwards right and and come up with those record something right and then listen back to it with a really critical ear right i'm not talking about sound quality i'm not talking about oh maybe that should have been a sound effect there or anything but listen to the content right because um you know people don't keep going to to see movies produced by disney and marvel because they're so shiny and because they've got the greatest special effects they go for the content right mm-hmm. I, not everyone does but the majority they also have the shiny great special effects too, yeah, yeah, which yeah. helps totally yeah yeah but the majority of people who will sit through a four season like okay right did did people start watching game of thrones because there was nudity yes did people <laughs> keep watching game of thrones because there was nudity no yes <laughs> You know well, what I mean? No. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah? Right? yeah. Well, yeah. After like season three or season four, it sort of dropped off because yeah. they were and you're like, I've seen this pair before. You know. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, really take a look at the content and start start small and work up. Yeah. Right? Uh, we were talking uh, off air about the microphones that we each have. Right. I know someone who has spent thousands of dollars on microphones and cameras and on all sorts of equipment. And then he went away and recorded one episode of what would have been his podcast and then went, actually, this is way too much effort. Also, I've just spent thousands of dollars on all this equipment for a hobby that I don't think I actually want. And so, like, if you're doing, like, a demo of the first episode of a show and you have a laptop, use the microphone that's built into the laptop because for that first thing that you record, like I said earlier on, I'm not. you don't want to be listening to the quality of it but the content. Yes, you can't recapture lightning, but if if what you're doing is maybe reading uh, a bunch of questions or reading out a monologue or something, then you can recreate that, right? If, if you're reading out questions, I mean, I've actually done this, yeah? Um, one of the episodes of the .NET Core podcast, my audio was completely trashed in a, before I even got it to, to edit, right? And so what I did was um, I knew the questions that I asked, I knew the words that I said, so I recreated it. And it sounds like I recreated it. But I was able to do that because, you know, I've got a, a, a microphone and I've got a setup and I was able to re-record it. What I'm getting at is um, that, that you can, if you want, re-record the bits that you need to. So you don't have to worry about, well, I've got to get the world's greatest microphone and the, the best pair of noise-canceling headphones and I need to somehow figure out intro music and outro music. And I guess the, the 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 biggest tip that everyone falls afoul of is do not, please, for the love of everything, do not use copyrighted content. Um, I don't care who you are, um, the RIAA will come after you, right? If you're using the top 10, I don't know, whatever number one is in the music charts today, if you use that as your intro music, then the person who made that song will want to come after you because you're effectively stealing their content, right? Mm-hmm. There is an argument for fair use, but go speak to a lawyer, right? Yeah. Because they will give you the rock solid advice. And everybody hates hearing that because that runs into money and that's expensive, but go speak to a lawyer because then at the very least, if the lawyer says, yep, that sounds okay for me, you can get that on a piece of paper 
And you can at least then say to whoever tries to sue you, but my lawyer said it was okay. <laughs> it's it's not much protection, but it's protection. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the other thing, yeah, just kind of add on that, um, and the biggest thing, I don't remember who had the YouTube video, uh, but it was a big podcaster that has hundreds of thousands of you know, views on all of his YouTube videos. And the thing that stuck the most with me is when I was trying to start this up, I watched, you know, dozens, hundreds of hours of, you know, videos, how to, whatever, and prep. And then the one video that stuck with me the most, he said, just do it. You're not going to get an audience. No one's going to think you're entertaining or funny, or you're not going to have a quality podcast in all likelihood until dozens of episodes in, if not episode 100. So like you said, start, you know, make sure that it's something that you enjoy, that you're, you know, that you're going to stick with. And then slowly over time, you can, you know, buy that mic, buy that green screen, buy the camera, the lighting, everything you need. Right. But don't do what your buddy did where you go, hunt, you know, head first in and then realize, you know, one, two episodes in either my idea sucks. People don't, I think my idea is great, but the audience thinks it's terrible, you know, whatever. Uh, it's a very saturated market right now. Um, so the odds of you making it or making money from it is probably pretty low-ish. So like, you know, it should hopefully be something that you enjoy doing. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not easy to do. People like the, the story of uh, Joe Rogan selling his show to Spotify and making millions of dollars made people go, wow, I can make millions of dollars making podcasts. But what they don't realize is, like Joe literally turns up to his recording studio, sits down, switches his microphone on, and everything else has been done for him. The guest has been booked. Um, ad spots have been found and sold. Um, the questions that, he, that he's going to ask the person have already been written and fielded to the person, so they have their answers already. Mm -hmm. um, when post-production is handled by someone else, as soon as Joe switches off the microphone, he leaves that room and continues on with his life. He may be making millions of dollars, but he's spending almost millions of dollars to make it, right? Yeah. Um, and so people just sort of, they hear, oh, I can make a million dollars, do a podcast. Well, actually, if I mean, it's, it's entirely possible, but you have to be super lucky or be really famous anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, or and I mean, his quality, he's a, I mean, again, he is a fantastic interviewer. And obviously, I don't know what your phrase was, the, the before times, right? Like I liked his content more, more recent guest choices. You know, I'm, um, they're a little out to lunch. Um, but, um, yeah. So he's, but he's great. Right. But that was his job. He was a host of TV shows. He has, you know, UFC. So he had like decades of experience. Um, so yes, he already had, like you said, the fame. Um, so then therefore he has the network to get good guests on, um, you know, you're a great guy and you're, you know, more popular probably on the internet than me, but you know, the, the guess caliber that I'm getting or you're getting compared to him, it's like, he's already a million steps ahead of us, right? Because he's getting on Elon Musk. Like, of course, okay, I'll listen to a podcast about Elon Musk, regardless, even if Joe Rogan's wasn't less known. The fact that he can get that, a name like that on his podcast, people will listen to it. Um, and yeah, he, but he he definitely does his research and knows his shit. And he's well-spoken and um, yeah. Yeah, totally. And then... But um, definitely luck. That's, I mean, that's everyone yeah. always says that regardless of what industry you're in or what path you go down, right? Success is always the, you know, the interchange, I guess, right? Between like, uh, you know, luck and skill. Mm -hmm. Yep.
Um, and I guess the, the other piece of advice I would give is record two or three different episodes, but don't release them, right? Mm-hmm. Get that initial bump of, oh, wait, how do I edit this together out of your system? The initial bump of how do I plug everything into the laptop or to, into the computer or into the mixing desk and get that working out of your system. Get that out of your system and record to keep them to want, don't delete them, keep them, right? Because then you've got some bonus content for when you run out of content, right? Because there's always going to be a slump in creativity. Um, so record two or three, hold them off. And then, but because by the time you've done your two, three, four, whatever mini series of things that you want to throw together, you know what the show wants to be, right? Because like you say, it may take yeah. up until episode 100 for you to actually hit that stride, but you can get, you can get the majority of, of the first few steps done without ever releasing anything. As long as you're going to release the first two or three, if you're not, if, if you're going to record two or three and then just leave them on the back burner. And then once you've done that, build up a backlog, right? I've been in a position where I've been like, right, I need to release an episode of this show this week and an episode of that show this week. An episode, So I've got to create three hours of content but I've not just got to record it. I've got to edit it, post-produce it, get it uploaded. Then I've got to figure out all of the, uh, any kind of social promotion I'm going to do. Do I, am I, I did, did I have guests? If so, am I going to reach out to them and say, you know, thank you for being on the show. Hey, excuse me. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Here is a link to the episode. Would you like to share it on your socials? Or here is a draft tweet that you can just copy paste into Twitter if you like. That has the link. It has the relevant hashtags. All of this takes time, and mm-hmm. so um, three hours of content doesn't sound like a lot, but um, actually it's maybe two or three hours before you start writing and drafting and getting someone who's maybe a guest on um, the length of the show to record it, and then at least twice the length of the show to edit it. And then you've got to start the publicity machine, right? And so you want to get that sort of pre-production and production as much of that out of the way as possible, because invariably, and I wish, you know, I wish no ill health on anyone, but something's going to come up and you're going to be unable to record something or release mm-hmm. something for a period of time. It might be a day, might be an afternoon, might be a couple of weeks. You know, I, I, I wish that no one goes through grief, but you could have some bad news in your family. And then you're like, I don't want to do it anymore. Or I don't want to do it for a while because I need to focus on me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case and you already have a backlog of things produced and edited and created, which is hard to do, but if you already have them, you could just schedule those to be released. Most podcast hosts allow you to upload things to be released in the future and set a future date. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? If you can get two or three of those done, and maybe you're a weekly or fortnightly podcast, that's two to three weeks or months of content already created and already ready to go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's good. It's good advice. It, it's not an easy position to be in because you have to put loads of effort in up front. But, you know, like you were saying, ease into it. Try this bit, try that bit, and move up slowly. Uh, don't go and buy loads of technology. Don't go... Um, all in and then when you start promoting it to your friends is going to be is probably going to be the first step because you know uh, I, I do a, a gaming podcast you do a gaming podcast Michael and I'm sure that if we were to talk about how saturated is the market right now <laughs> yeah you know I could load up Twitter and get to the most recent tweet 
and the time it takes me to get to that most recent tweet and then pull down to refresh, there's another hundred tweets about video game podcasts. Get through <laughs> all of those and pull down to refresh another hundred tweets. So you're quite literally shouting into the void yeah. for your particular niche, right? And so that could be really disheartening too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, very good advice. Um, I appreciate your time. Like I said, if there's, unless there's anything else um, you want to talk about, uh, we're, I'm more than welcome. Um, I guess uh, if I was to turn the tables on you, now obviously you said your your little one is still quite young. Yes. What would be your pieces of advice for um, fathers or new fathers? What, what would you say? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would probably you know, try to kind of the, the, the typical cliche stuff, right. In regards to, you know, be united front, you know, with your partner and um, try to, even at young age, like, I don't remember what months, but it was definitely sub one years old. You can already see them starting to manipulate and, and what have you. So, you know, kind of have, make those decisions, like you said, in the moments um, and, you know, back your partner up in the moment, like don't challenge them in front of the kid. And then always, you can always talk about it that night after in bed. Hey, I didn't like how you handled this. And then the future, you know, how, how do you want to handle the situation? Um, but again, I think the, the important thing is, is always understand that, like, you know, you and your partner are a team. You always want to work together and show that united front and, you know, obviously continue to always strengthen that bond even after you have kids because so many parents, um, you know, the, the kids come in and two kids, three kids, and they stop connecting with each other. And then you fast forward 20 years and then you guys end up realizing, you know, once the, you come empty nesters, you look at each other and go, oh, we're totally different people than we were 20 years ago. And since we never made an effort of the last 20 years to, you know, stay and making sure we're going, growing in the right direction, let's get a divorce. Um, so I think it's important to, uh, you know, maintain that relationship even after you have kids. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing. And, and just understand that, um, yeah, there's, there's no right. There's no wrong. Um, definitely. I'm very pro like, uh, you know, read as many resources as you can read baby books. You know, I I've had conversations with friends about like, oh, why, why do you read a book? Like, you know, figure it out. Like every kid's different. And, and I said, guys, you'll spend 10 hours doing research about what's sword to min max in a video game, but you won't spend you know the time reading about like, even if it's like sleep training, like how to wean your kids off, uh, you know, breastfeeding or, you know, feeding your kids or, or whatever. Like, I'm like, you know, we spend so much time on the internet wasted. Like I, I, I think even if you read a book or an article and you take 1% from it, you know, that's probably a, a better yield of, um, you know, success than if you were to spend that time reading about sports or, you know, video games or movies or, or what have you. Um, that's the first couple of things that kind of came to mind. I'm sure I could talk about it for forever, but yeah. I really like that. That's um, the, 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 one of the one of the things you said that I think is really really important. Um, uh, one of the things I didn't get into is that um, my brother and I are from a broken home, and uh, so you know my parents got divorced. Broken home, I guess, is the is the old way of saying it. But yeah, my parents got divorced when I was very little, and um, seeing my parents argue about things, I think really kind of it didn't do me any favors, but I don't think it, I don't think it caused me any kind of psychological damage. It mm -hmm. didn't do me any favors because then you, you know, you, you, you then sit and think, well, if I go and ask dad, he says it's going to be okay. But if I ask mom, she says it's not okay. 
So what is it? Is it okay or is it not okay? Oh, you just learn to ask that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know that if I ask that, he's always going to say yes. So I'll just go ask that. And then when mum gets upset, I'll just say, well, I asked that and he, he said it was okay. And without realizing it, you're, you're, you're sort of exacerbating a, a, a rift there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think there was another thing you said there about always, always being there for each other as well. Um, one of the things that I would say is um, if possible, or rather where possible, you never stop dating the person you're with. Mm-hmm. Right? It's important to have time for the little ones. It's important to have time for yourself, but it's also important to have time for the other person that you are with, or yeah. I suppose the other people that you are with, if, you know, depending on what your situation is, but it is always important. It's, it's as important to have that too. You know? Yeah. And when I, if, when I say like grow your relationship, obviously I don't mean like, you know, I understand life gets in the way work, family, kids, like they're obviously the priority. And I'm talking about like even like, okay, at least once a year, like, you know, go on an overnight thing with your wife. Like, you know, I'm not talking about like every weekend. Um, another thing that, um, that we try to do, we did this even when we were um, even the dating and then married before kids because we both were very career focused people was we had date night which was like wednesdays which was like no matter what we're doing even if it's like i don't care if it's gaming related work related other friends wednesdays are like the days that we're gonna hang out like regardless no matter how busy life gets yep yep i agree and that's the whole idea even of sunday dinners with family same idea right as they get older you know they're not gonna want to, to hang out with you every day but at least if you can say okay sunday dinners we're doing this. I'm hearing about your week. No cell phones, like whatever. Yep, absolutely agree. Uh, even um, even if date night is, and this may sound a bit shallow, but even if it's we drive to Starbucks, we go through the drive-through, we sit in the car park, and <laughs> we just drink our coffee, right? Because yeah. you're forcing yourselves to sit in that room together, right? Yeah. I suppose force is the wrong word, right? But you are in you're you're in the car together, and so you'll be able to say, you know, you remember last week and you just go off in that direction and you, you know, you can support each other that way. Or you could say, you know, I'm having trouble with this thing. Oh, well, let's talk about it. Right. Uh-huh. And it's almost because, because you've removed, you're able to remove the kids from the situation. You were able to remove friends and family and your other obligations from that situation. Of course, it requires you to be able to put your phone in a place where you can't reach for it and go straight to Reddit or Twitter or Facebook or Insta, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and actually it's hilarious. You just said that. Cause I literally was just typing out here. Like, uh, I'm sorry if you audience can hear my typing. Um, Cause I try to like type up like, you know, show notes while we're chatting. Um, but anyways, the, is, is the phone comment is the force is actually a good word because I think you need to force yourselves into situations. Um, you know, there's people that say like, Oh, you know, TVs in the bedroom are a bad thing or whatever. It's like, well, not necessarily. It's all control. And you know what, what you for, if you, you can slip into habits where it can be a bad thing, but same thing with phones. Um, and I cuss out my friends all the time and I'm only 33, so I'm not old, but I'm just, sometimes I'll be sitting there. Um, like we just went to a cottage like last weekend with some friends and I look around and half the people are on their phones whether they're playing mobile games or just checking social media. And I'm like, guys, because of, uh, you know, the what's happened over the last year and a half, we really haven't seen each other in a year and a half. And this is our first like big get together. Cause you know, we're all cleared to, you know, to do that and have you on your effing phones. Like what? <laughs> but just, yeah. it's so easy now. Someone's like, uh, like, you know, awkward, like, 
uh, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to just switch to my phone. Right. And that's why I think some of the best conversations you have, not that I'm pushing or like, you know, pro like, you know, drinking or anything like that. Right. But they're those late night campfire conversations over some beers or drinks or something like that, because it's just like all the distractions are gone. Um, it has nothing necessarily to do with the alcohol or the fire or anything. It's just like you are forcing yourselves in a situation where all distractions don't exist. Totally. Totally. Um, you, you know, uh, you, you're absolutely right. And it feels like with some of the friends that I'm now able to spend more time with in person, it feels like you, you can see them as they they're like, they'll lift their, lift their hand and the elbow will crick because their fingers are tracing up their legs to get to the pocket where the phone is. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you can see it. And they right? stop themselves like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like it's become like a habit. And What's you an just addiction? Need to try and break that. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe that's a thing. You know, like you you said there about maybe have a a, a dinner on Sunday, all mobile phones are, are maybe on the other side of the room in another room. Maybe you you know if you can, because uh, some people can't. Like you said, they they may be addicted or maybe a, a reason for them not being able to. You go right. Everyone's phones go in a drawer, and mm-hmm. we're actually going to leave the house and go for a walk or. We're going to go and get the football out or we're going to, uh, and by that, I mean, you know, the pigskin an actual chuck it around football, you know, yep. not, not a soccer ball, but you can do it with a soccer ball too, you know, and maybe just go for it. Cause like some of the, some of the times when I've been stressed, I'll leave the house cause I work from home. Right. Uh, and I did before in the before times I worked from home, I'd leave my phone at home and headphones and all that kind of stuff. And I'd go for a walk and I'm quite lucky in that, um, within maybe half a mile of my house, half a mile of, you know, it's not very far away at all. I have a big, uh, there's a big park with a forest and a big nature reserve almost. And so I can go there and just walk around and listen to the world and look at the world. Uh, but I'm walking through there and there's people, you know, they haven't got headphones on, but, they, but they're going through their phone and they type in and tap in. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry to use that term, but dude, look, just look, right? You yeah. turn this way, you've got rolling hills. You turn that way, you've got rows and rows of trees. If you look slightly above eye line, you can see the birds and the, the squirrels and the creatures in the tree. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, we can go down that path, I'm sure, for, for, uh, for a while, but. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I'm kind of lost sometimes for for words for that for that whole topic, right? Like, how how do we kind of come back? And I mean, obviously, there's pros and cons, but even like I read somewhere once, or is like you know, it was like the average person like has less time to like digest like the issues they're going through personally, or like the average person doesn't ha- come up with like great in, in, uh, inventions throughout their life and stuff like that and breakthroughs because we have so little of that downtime. Um, you know, before in the olden days, it'd be like, like jokingly before I said, I right, talked about, you know, phones on the toilet, um, you know, where you used to at least for your bathroom break, your shower, like you said, when you go for a walk or at night when you're in bed, those are at minimum, no matter how busy of a person you were and engaged, you had those times to decompress, strategize, think of new ideas, like, like whatever. But now all those situations I just mentioned, you can either you can be on your phone basically 
No, definitely. So no. you never have that time to like think and just absorb and let your brain like process what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, to quote um, a very, unfortunately, not well-known uh, singer-songwriter from the UK uh, called Jim Burke, boredom has an energy, right? And by sitting around with nothing to do, like you say, you're able to decompress and think about the things that are in your subconscious can then come to the front and you can actually start thinking about them. Mm -hmm. But if every time that you have a second or two seconds or a minute of not having quotes, something to do, you reach for your phone, then you can't, you can't deal with them. Right. Yeah. That's good. It's deep. Very deep. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I can think of any other uh, questions off the top of my head because I was thinking it, I was thinking to myself, I don't want to come up with a list of them because yeah. it just looks like I'm reading through a list, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, I'm more, like I said, I'm more than happy to do whatever. But otherwise, if, uh, if you're good, I'm good. And I appreciate your time, Mr. Taylor. And, uh, and hopefully we can oh. uh, stay in touch. Please call me Jamie. Mr. Taylor is my father. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, Jamie. It's been an, Absolute pleasure, Michael. Thank you. It's ever so been much a pleasure. And I, I, I guess it's now, um, it's very late there, right? Yeah, yeah. Time of recording is currently 20 minutes before two o'clock in the morning. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so you're a night out. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, I, I, I've worked from home for the longest time. So my commute time is however long it takes me to go from having my breakfast to being ready to work. Right. And that's the best bit about it. Being ready to work. Uh, I'm very fortunate in that I can do the work that I do, but I also, I work, I set my own hours as well. So Uh I'm incredibly fortunate for that as well. So I'm able to go, well, actually, you know, tomorrow um, I'll start at 6am and I'll finish at 3pm. But then the next day I might start at 10am and finish what five, 6pm. Just uh-huh. because it, because uh, then I can I can build my life around that, right? So like uh, it's currently summer holidays. So if one of the if one of the little ones wants to go for you know a bike ride or to get some, I keep saying get some ice cream, but that's a great example, right? Yeah, Who doesn't like ice cream. I suppose that doesn't tolerant people does, but yeah, um, yeah. So if one of the kids wants to get ice cream, well, guess what? I've just finished work. Let's go get some ice cream. Or I don't finish work for another hour, but if we go on now, when I get back, I have an hour of work to do. So yeah, let's go now. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I, I even think that hopefully companies are even going away from like the whole, like even hourly thing within reason, right? Like we're not factory workers. You're not making widgets. So it's not like, okay, punch in your eight hours per se, right? Like companies should be like, you know, this is at your level. This is what we expect you to produce, what quality and what amount um, of work generally, because obviously every industry is, you know, different. And obviously, you know, if you perform at what your expectations are, then you basically don't move up or, or whatever, or maybe slowly move up. And if you're exceptionally past that, then sure, you can advance quicker. But the whole idea of this, you know, 40 hour work week, I think is, I would hope, and people should see that that's kind of a thing of the past, right? Like I have friends that, you know, work more than most people that work for companies that have no office hours, unlimited sick days, unlimited vacation, and, and they would work more than a 40 hour because they're genuinely in love with it. And then I have, you know, other people where you work a 40 hour work week and you're in the office, but guess what's happening at 4.59? That computer is going offline and you're getting the heck out of there ASAP. So you're in your car by five and, you know, 
So I, I think people need to, or companies will slowly kind of realize that and be like, you know what, work from home is a great thing. Like, sure. Yeah. Between I, I know when I worked from home, it's not, I wasn't any less productive, but I had a better quality of life. Like you said, I removed the half hour commute each way. Um, I could eat and make my own fresh lunch rather than like microwaving something or whatever, getting takeout um, between meetings rather than going down the hall and socializing with a, a coworker, which obviously is important to build relationships. You could throw in a little laundry, right? So it's all just quality of life. And you actually end up probably getting a better and happier employee with more productivity, but yet still, you know, in a lot of industries here, now that things are going back to an normal, it's like, you better get back in the office. We want to see you working. It's like, but you know, we all just approved for the last year and a half, we could do it. So I don't understand your argument. Yep. And um, not just that, right? Let's say your hours are nine to five, right? Yeah. Do you think that, um, the, that the majority of employees are sitting at their computer? Okay, it's 8.59.58, 8.59.59, 9 a.m. Okay, the computer has already been booted. All of the software has already been um, started up. I've already downloaded all my emails. I've already got the files open and nine o'clock start. No, what they do is they open the laptop Oh, it's nine o'clock now. I'll start the computer booting now, which, yeah, we're, we're using modern technology, so it should only be yeah, yeah. until it's booted, but that's still a minute or two, right? If they mm-hmm. really do care about the clock watching, then, you know, if, if managers or whatever really do care about the clock watching, they should be telling you, hey, you spent two minutes watching a computer boot up. And then what about all the coffee breaks and the cigarette breaks and you know all that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. um one of the offices i used to work at this was years and years ago uh, maybe five or six years ago now um you know one person would get up and go for a cigarette break and be gone for 20 minutes the next person would go and both of them would have a cigarette break together so that's 40 minutes for one person you know because like the first person goes second mm-hmm. person comes along they've just finished the cigarette and then they're like you know what? I may as well stay outside now. I've got some company and they both have a cigarette together. So that's 40 minutes. Then the third person comes. That person has now been not been working for an hour, right? Mm-hmm. But because they are in the office, I mean, they're not inside the building, but they're, in, they're at the office. That's seen as them being productive. Yeah. I saw, I saw a really interesting stat the other day about um, telling people to be in an office, you know, office workers sort of thing. And those who are fortunate or those who are fortunate enough to be able to work in an office, right? Um, telling an office worker you have to be in the office for eight hours means you're maybe going to get four to six hours of work out of them. Yeah. Because as soon as that eight hours is done, like you said, right? 4.59, computer is turned off, right? I'm already packing my things away to leave, right? Whereas if you, if you are fortunate enough to work from home, you've got a 24-hour period to get some work done and it may not be eight hours but what you're finding what they're finding is most people are putting in 10 12 hours yeah because they're having those those serendipitous moments like you say well they're throwing the laundry on or maybe they've gone for a walk during a lunch break and then they come back and they're all fired up and they're ready to go because they've been around some nature maybe they're lucky enough to live near somewhere where there's nature because there are psychological studies that say if you are surrounded by nature, you're better at problem solving. So then they've become better at problem solving. That person, when they go back to the office, may not be as good at problem solving because they're surrounded by concrete on four sides. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Like you said, some deep topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could, we could talk, you know, 
don't want to keep you too much longer because it's almost two in the morning. We could, I'm sure we could go down tangents for, it seems like for, for hours, uh, very easy and good person to talk to, Jamie. Oh, thank you very much, Michael. You are very much the same. <laughs> I, I appreciate your time. And like I said, have a great night. And thanks, uh, thanks for coming on and we'll stay in touch. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay. My main takeaways from this episode were to always listen and act as a soundboard to your children. Let them tell you how to resolve their own issues and allow them to talk through their problems. Forgive mistakes, don't blame your kids, and take ownership. It's okay in the moment to be upset and yell, but when cooler heads prevail, make sure to sit down with your kids and explain the situation so both of you can improve for the next time. Also remember to stay off your phones and never stop dating your partner. I hope you enjoyed the episode.